Welcome to episode four of the Inbound Sales Journey. I am your host, Ryan Herman, joined by Gray McKenzie. Gray, how are you doing? Bien, gracias. I'm doing very well. Practicing my Spanish um, right now. My wife, Julie, and I are um, kind of practicing up on a little bit of our Spanish. We want to... This is, I don't know where this is going. I feel like this is one of those um, first child parent dreams. We want to know some Spanish so we can help Laurel, who's our, uh, at the time of this recording, she's two months old, um, help our daughter just kind of pick up on some of the, like, become a little bit more bilingual at an early age because things are so much easier to learn when you're younger. And um, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. So that was... I'm just, that was, that was guys, <laughs> I'm just envisioning you guys at night, like instead of just playing lullabies, just putting on like Spanish talk radio and, and hoping that she picks it up. Yeah. Spanish talk radio, pretty much anything, uh, sports in Spanish. The, I, the, here's the one thing I'll say about listening to sports in Spanish. I've tried this a number of times. Um, I really struggle if it's a sport. I know. So baseball, I grew up listening to the Cleveland Indians on the radio pretty much every night. And, um, if it's a sport, I know it's a little bit easier, but sports announcers just talk so quickly and that makes it very challenging. Her first word is going to be goal. <laughs> That's uh, not baseball, Ryan, but well, yeah, I'm going with sports uh, no. in general. Thanks. Greg. <laughs> no problem. All right, so let's just hop into what we're actually here to talk about today, which is, I think, a question that I've heard from a lot of different agency owners as they begin to grow um, their agency, and that is who to hire first, a project manager to help actually do the work or a salesperson to bring in the work. Uh, so it kind of reminds me of like which came first, chicken and the egg type of scenario, Gray. But this, I think this is a good one for us to highlight because at our agency, Guava Box, we have hired both. Um, and you know, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk a little bit about the order. But I think uh, people will be interested to hear, since we have hired both, what, what the process for that was like, um, you know, why you made the decision that you did. So I guess I'll just throw it over to, to you right now. Can you talk, Gray, as, as Guava Box was beginning to, uh, to grow and there was more work to be done, can you talk about what triggered you and Andrew, who is our other co-founder, to start thinking about the question of, of who to hire first and why that decision was maybe a, a difficult one and how you, how you uh, came to the solution that you did? Man, good topic. Sure thing. So, okay, to we we got to the point in Guava Box where we needed help. There was no way that um, Andrew and I. So we had we built up a team of contractors who we were working with, and so for a while it was hey we sell a project. One of us is the project manager. Often whoever sold the project was the project manager, and then we're outsourcing some of the stuff to our team of contractors. Um, so we had some local copywriters. We had uh, designers who we worked with. I felt like the development side is something. So I've done a lot of development. I've gotten more into design, but I don't consider, I can, I consider myself to be, um, uh, kind of like a make it through developer. I, I would be okay with, um, calling myself a developer, but, um, not really the design side. I, I enjoy it, but I don't, I don't feel, uh, like that's really where my strength is. So, um, the design side, Andrew's really good on the social side. So some of the stuff we were doing in-house, and it was a mix of what we were doing in-house and what we were contracting out to other folks. 
And we got to the point where with the growth goals that we had, the lifestyle um, goals that we had, we knew that we didn't, we, we couldn't be managing all of these client accounts um, on a day-to-day basis. And as you, here's one thing that I will say that a lot of people don't think about is every client that you take on in the early days, um, it's hard to cut ties with a client, even if you're not actively working with them. If you build a website for someone and two years later, you're not even involved, but there's some issue with the website, odds are pretty high that you're going to get a phone call or an email saying, hey, there's XYZ problem going on with my website. Or it might even be as positive as, hey, I'd like to do this new stuff. Can you help me out? Um, and I don't know if this is just uh, I don't know if this is a we are loyal. Uh, I've always said that that's one of the things about Andrew that I admire the most um, is his loyalty. But you, you, I, I guess you just kind of feel a sense of obligation to help him out. Um, even if you're not actively working with them. So your book of business continues to weigh on you um, as you grow as an agency. Um, so we needed help and we had to decide, do we bring on the salesperson or do we bring on someone to help out on the project management side? And so we based our decision on a couple things. We based it on what systems did we already have in place or could easily have in place to make the next hire successful. So do we have more operational systems built out, or do we have a better sales system built out? So that was one of the things we looked at. We looked at, do we have the capacity for as much new work as a salesperson could bring on, and what capacity would a project manager add? What do we anticipate that onboarding sequence looking like in either place? And then we also looked at, what do we want our day-to-day to look like? Would we rather be out selling or would we rather be delivering? Um, and at the time that we were considering this, we didn't have the revenue to do both um, and keep up the contractor without without bringing on a lot of new business. Um, and we've tried to be careful about what business we bring into Guava Box um, to fit into what we're trying to do. So the decision that we ultimately made was... Um, to add the project manager slash account manager first. And we brought on um, Ben Butler, who is our, um, he is our director of inbound at Guava Box. He manages uh, the contractor team, the, the internal team and, um, and the, and the bulk of projects and retainers for Guava Box based on, we had better systems in place on the operations side and we just did not have, had we brought on Ryan eventually became our first, um, our first full time sales hire. And we just didn't have the systems and the people in place, the capacity there to bring in a Ryan and have him sell. And there's nothing worse than bringing in a salesperson, letting him get going and then pulling the reins because you can't support him. And, uh, and then I'd say maybe the one other thing would be, we just kind of felt like as founders, we should have the ability to sell this. And if we can't sell it, um, effectively, uh, then how is it fair to expect someone else to, um, you know, to come in and sell this as well. And so, um, we took on the sales stuff and obviously we're still very involved in the operational side of things. Um, but I kind of stepped into the front of the sales role Andrew did some sales and took point on the deliverables and, uh, and training Ben and bringing Ben up to speed. And, um, and Ben jumped right in and, uh, and got acclimated very quickly to the environment as, uh, as an account manager and project manager. Gotcha. So great. I'm going to go off script here a little bit, but I'm just, as I'm thinking through this, uh, so you guys made the decision ultimately to bring Ben on first. So a project manager role, and that's because you had a lot of 
you know, work at the time. And like you said, not all of it was, was as profitable work as you'd like, because a lot of them were some older clients as we were continuing to grow, or you guys were continuing to grow and get more established. Uh, obviously the price that you can charge as you build out better systems goes up. Um, so with bringing Ben in, did that make it so that you and Andrew focus more on sa- what kind of effect, I guess I'm getting that, did that have on the sales side? Did that help kind of solve some of that because you and Andrew had the ability to go not do as much of the work and focus more on sales? Or was that, were you still, what was that process like? Was that still tough to try to handle the sales side of things? Um, it, it was still tough in some ways. Now, the reason that this is a little bit hard to remember is because there's a period of time after bringing Ben on where you're onboarding. And so that during that onboarding period, it's like, Hey, we're working harder and not seeing more just because, um, Ben had a bunch of these skills already, but to bring someone in and integrate them into the way that you do business as an agency, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And then the next thing that happened was we added a bunch of new business. And so there was never a point where after hiring Ben, it was like, uh, now we just relaxed. Um, it definitely freed up some time, definitely freed up, uh, some time to do sales. And so sales, um, increased, um, pretty quickly. And we had some new accounts. Um, we were able to service a lot of the things that we had just added. So we actually sold a, a good amount of stuff just prior to bringing Ben onto the team. And that was the impetus that kind of put us over the top. Um, was closing a bunch of sales right before adding Ben. And so he got thrown into the fire in a lot of situations. Um, and then, but it, but at the same time that that freed up more time for sales, it was also challenging because now we've added this new business and, um, it, you know, you still have to fulfill it. And so I guess during that onboarding period, especially, and regardless, you just need enough hands to handle the work. And so I still got pulled in a lot on the, um, aside from backend operations on the development side of things with, uh, HubSpot COS resources or WordPress website projects, primarily HubSpot projects. Um, so yeah, it definitely made life easier. I don't know how we would have gotten through it. Uh, it would have been a challenge to get through it had we not had been at that point in time. Um, but it still wasn't a hundred percent freedom to just go do sales. Right. And, and it sounds like, and knowing you guys, like I know you guys, and for our listeners, Gray and Andrew, uh, both are, are good enough to be able to sell things and keep the business alive. Obviously they did it for many years without me here, but it's not something that you guys like or that you enjoy. So in my mind, I would think that the, the easier thing for you guys to have done would to actually be to hire and bring me on first or another salesperson on first to get the part that maybe is less comfortable or that you don't like. But it sounds like you guys kind of made the hard decision and said, you know, although we feel comfortable in doing the work and there's a lot of work to be done, instead of just trying to increase that right away let's try to get someone trained up so that if we bring a salesperson on board you know we now have have the ability to keep servicing that yeah i think that's fair i think that both of us enjoy the long uh the long-term nature of relationships and the challenge of sales is fun um getting to know new businesses is really enjoyable and I feel like when I'm in those conversations, and maybe this is why uh, we've had some success 
um, I think this works well in some situations, but but not great in other situations. I almost get I'm almost more interested and curious in in what the business is and how to help them solve their problems than in actually closing a sale. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that. And so not being super passionate about um, just the num the amount of sales activity that goes into sales and the number of people you have to talk to who you can't help or won't help or uh, they they don't agree that they need your help. Um, yeah, I think you're exactly right. The uh, the client relationship side of things is more appealing than the sales side of things just personally. Um, but there was a self-awareness and recognition that, um, Hey, we can do this and it's really not fair to bring somebody else in when we don't have the, um, when we don't have the capacity to service enough to, to keep that person employed. Right. Gotcha. So as you start to think through, you know, you guys obviously considered quite a few different things, but for other agency owners, you know, that are out there listening to this and they're getting to that point where they're going to make their next hire, what are some of like the specific factors that, that you think that they should consider when trying to make the decision to either bring on someone to increase sales versus bringing on someone to, to kind of handle the work, uh, you know, for their agency? Sure. Yeah, I'll try and be a little bit less verbose here and just give you kind of the bare bones. I'd say number one, uh, self-assessment. If you don't know yourself, you're going to really struggle as an owner, as an entrepreneur in general. And so what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? Um, so that is, I guess, the first place I would start is where, what do you need to augment um, and where are you weak right now? What can you do? What do you like to do? Um and what are the things that you're, you know, on the flip side, what are the things that you don't like to do? What are the things that you're wasting your time on doing that you as an owner shouldn't do right now? And what may help you think through this, and one of the activities that we went through um, just prior to bringing on Ben was uh, Chris Ducker's book, Virtual Freedom. He has an activity in there uh, where he describes the three lists of freedom. And I'll let you check that out. We may mention that in future episodes as well. Um, but that was a part of the self-assessment that uh, Andrew and I went to together. I think the goals play into this. What are you trying to sell? So this is not just quantity, but also are you trying to sell retainers? Are you trying to sell projects? Are you trying to sell um, a specific product? Um, what are you trying to sell and how much do you need to sell? And then also looking at hypothesized activity to reach your goals. And that's just a fancy way of saying, what do you think it's going to take to help you hit the goals that you have? Are you just missing a salesperson to close um, to close the leads that you already have? Are you missing a marketing person who should be driving leads? Are you missing a project manager to manage the accounts? Um, so I, I would look at that and figure out, okay, now which hole do we need to plug first? So maybe I don't like, there are a number of agencies who that, their first hire has been um, the full-time marketing person to drive leads for them. And then the agency owner says, hey, I'm comfortable closing leads and I also like the servicing side or I have a partner who's really good on the servicing side. So that's another alternative. It's not necessarily just a chicken and egg. It could be a chicken and egg or a marketing person. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I guess, um, you just have to know, know yourself, know where you want to go and what it's going to take to get you there. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I think that, uh, something, something that people probably struggle with is, is, being honest in the self-assessment of where, where they are um, and and what really is going to benefit them the most. And like you said, it's not 
maybe just a question of between a salesperson and a project manager, uh, but there might be other gaps to fill. And I think that, that the way that you come to that conclusion is by figuring out what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses of the team that we currently have, and then based on our current situation, where you know where where do we need help the most, and not just maybe what makes us what's going to make us feel most comfortable because like you guys made not the most comfortable decision but the decision that was going to help you most in the long-term growth um so you know sometimes you're going to still have to do things you you don't like to do like you know like sales or something like that until you have the ability to bring on both people from a revenue standpoint um you know but it's just being honest in that self-assessment so i think that was uh that was a good insight that you just gave there um you know in, in regards to that and it might not even just be the the project manager or the salesperson but it could be someone in marketing or you know something different there so um <clears throat> great can you give you know as you guys were looking for salespeople, um can you maybe share with the different agency owners that are listening or some people in agencies who are listening that are thinking about expanding the team where are some good places that you can go to try to find good talent? And this can be specifically from a sales side if you're looking for someone in sales, um, but you can also expand maybe into project managers and, and things like that as well. Sure. So you've got um, a number of different avenues. I'll touch on the ones that people were probably expecting first just to get those out of the way. Obviously, you've got LinkedIn and you can filter through if geography is important to you. You can search um, by geographic radius. Uh, you can see what positions they're currently in. Um, there's a lot of filters using LinkedIn, which uh, I think that that's definitely a very helpful um, recruiting tool. You've got inbound.org, which is kind of an up and coming. If you're looking for someone with industry expertise already, you've got uh, freelancer sites. If you're looking for someone who's a remote contractor, I don't know that finding a project manager is I would probably, that's not where I would go um, personally, but for, I think what really has the, has the biggest impact is looking at your network. Um, and so networking is huge for recruiting. And I guess that one thing to keep it. So the project management side, I guess I haven't thought about this as much, but one of the things that um, reading Mark Roberge's uh, sales acceleration formula book, which we mentioned last time, one of the things that he points out and that I've heard before, but rarely, and I think that this is a point that's very important, but probably a lot of people um, maybe overlook this, is that good salespeople aren't actively looking for jobs. They may be passively looking for jobs, but it's pretty rare to find someone who's really um, an amazing salesperson who's looking for a job. Because if you are if you really are a great salesperson, number one, uh, you're probably not getting let go of the job that you're in, which is why I say passively looking for a job. You might be looking for a new opportunity. Um, but also at some point you, sh- uh, you can put those sales, sales skills to work in, uh, in selling yourself to where you want to go. So, um, so for us personally, we, uh, stole Ben from, um, Ben as our project manager. He was actually a former client of mine and was running his own, um, digital marketing and PR firm. Um, and so I had gotten to know him a little bit, didn't know him super well when I reached out to him, but he had a couple characteristics that stuck out to me as this is the type of person who we're looking for, who we need in this role. Um, and so that was the first pickup. And then Ryan, obviously you had a very successful sales gig going on in the Pittsburgh area. Um, and again, that was the network and having built a relationship over a long period of time. Um, 
and then just kind of continuing to float the idea of, Hey, it'd be good to get in business at some point, not even with the, um, not even with knowing that this role, I think the first time that we talked, I threw out, uh, coming in to do biz dev and sales for Guava box, uh, almost jokingly. And you kind of took me seriously. And that's a funny story that we could get into at some point, (laughs) but, um, but I really think that your network is huge and letting people know when you are looking for somebody and reach out to the type of people. If you know somebody who's a great salesperson somewhere and they may not be looking for a job, but you can reach out to them and ask that person who probably has some idea what it takes to be successful. Hey, do you know anybody who's looking for this kind of opportunity? Um, so that's the, I guess that's an answer that is both, uh, probably over repeated and at the same time undervalued, but, uh, but I really think that your network is huge when you're looking for finding good talent. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I think that there's a lot of people out there, you know, that are, you know, for myself, I had a, a pretty good job situation. I uh, had a lot of success at, at where I was. And I, I think definitely my colleagues and also a lot of the people that knew me knew that I wanted to do something a little bit more entrepreneurial, but I seem to have you know, such a good job and stuff. And it was so stable. And, uh, you know, right now my wife is still in school and stuff that I don't think anyone ever anticipated me leaving where I was. And I really wasn't looking to leave. I was fairly happy where I was, you know, there were definitely, you know, pros and cons as there are with with most jobs. But, um, you know, for me, it's just always being open to opportunities. And I think that most, you know, good talent is that way. People that get complacent in the jobs they are now, uh, probably aren't the people you want working for you anyways. So not being afraid to just go after and, and, and talk with, you know, some of the people that you've known in the past and great. We knew each other from, from college, obviously, but, um, and I helped you guys out a little bit in the beginning when, when Guava Box was, was starting out and stuff. So that relationship was there. And I knew, you know, if I wanted to do something more entrepreneurial, it's going to be with, with you and Andrew. And so, uh, that was something that, uh, you know, I was really grateful that you guys reached out in kind of a joking way in the beginning, but that it brought us to where, where we are. So, um, I would just tell people, don't be afraid to, just reach out and throw stuff on people's radar and get them thinking about if there's someone that you know that's good that's worth going out even if it seems like they have you know something that's too good to pass up or too good to leave now you know maybe I'm an anom- anom- anomaly anomaly there we go you got it <laughs> there we go but uh you know I'm, there's a lot of people like that and if if um they're willing to take that risk and stuff it could be a huge huge benefit in the end for you so that's a great point Ryan just plant the seeds um and understand when you are looking to fill a role that it you will be an anomaly if you can <laughs> fill a role in, you know, in a week or in a couple of weeks or probably even in a month with the person who's going to stick for the long term. Uh, because most good talent is, um, you know, they probably are working somewhere right now. And there's, there's definitely a little bit of a recruiting process and a get to know you process. And, uh, um, you know, it just takes time for major shifts to happen in people's lives. We're talking about real, uh, what it really means to be a human and a person and that, um, <clears throat> in general, <clears throat> excuse me, we're averse to change and to risk. And so big changes just take some time. And so cultivate that network on an ongoing basis. And, uh, and in, in the business world that can come back to be very rewarding and also interpersonally, obviously, and relationally, I'd say that the rewards outweigh anything that you get on the business side. Um, so it's, it's worth it for sure. Right. Yep. And the other thing is you don't know what, what motivates people, you know, it's not always money. 
Um, that's pretty much what motivated me in my, in my last job, uh, because that's where, you know, it was worth it, worth it to me, but working weekends and a lot of time away from family stuff. But, you know, for what you guys had to offer me, it's not always just about money, uh, and, but just some more freedom and flexibility. So you just don't know what people, what makes people tick as well. So you might have, you know, what appears to be not as stable or steady of a thing, you know, from where someone's at now, but some of the, uh, the other aspects of the job could be really enticing to people that have good talent. So definitely. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us on this episode. Uh, as always, if you guys would leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think of the show or uh, episode and uh, share that with uh, your friends, that would be great. People that you think would benefit from it, any other agency owners out there. Um, but we, uh, we really are enjoying uh, doing this for you guys now, and hopefully it's providing some value. So uh, we'll see you next time.